Hello and welcome to episode six of the Sportingly Average podcast. As ever, your host, Phil, uh, is here to guide you through about an hour of terrible sporting facts, figures, not always accurate, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> and here to guide you with me is uh, the return of Reese Cadman, back from Australia with absolutely zero tan. How are you, Reese? <laughs> One, that's a lie. Two, back by unpopular demand. And three, uh, I did listen to last week's podcast. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, but I did take a bit of a... Is that the first one you've listened to? Yeah, it's the first one I've listened definitely to. Definitely is, yeah. Um, definitely wouldn't do it again. Would not recommend. <laughs> uh, took a, took a, slight, a slight verbal beating from the lads early days there. You got off easy. Uh, Let's be honest, you got off very easily. Got off easy for what? For going on holiday for two weeks? Yes, and sacking the lads off. Yeah. Well. Come on, priorities, man. Yeah. Well. You needed. Well, that's a very nice thought. Well, I appreciate both of you expressing it in your own different ways. Exactly. But yeah, was it a good, good week? Good two weeks off, sorry. Not even a week, two weeks. It was, yeah. Big two weeks and thoroughly enjoyed Aussie Week. And if anyone hasn't listened to Aussie Week yet, it just really, really enhanced my time in Australia. And I, I imagine it will enhance mm-hmm. your time wherever you are, listener. Well done. Speaking of uh, Aussie Week... If anyone hasn't, if anyone likes rugby and hasn't watched the highlights of New Zealand Australia for the Bledsloe Cup, I would highly recommend it. It was fantastic. Was that today? Um, but uh, I think it was yesterday. Um, well, it's in Australia, so yesterday slash today. I heard the uh, ending was outrageous. I just yeah, it was uh, controversial, close, everything you want. There were loads of cards. One point in Australia were down to thirteen men. It all kicked off, but. We're not here to talk about Australia anymore. Uh, Jupp, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, you know, in two minds about Reese's return. I'm disappointed, <laughs> you know, by the, the upcoming probably NFL chat that's uh, I have no no knowledge about. I'm disappointed by the tan the as well. Has started. There is a tan. There is a tan. You do look a bit orange in the camera. If I'm if I'm being yeah, really honest. Well, that's what a tan is. So uh, thank you. Uh, I guess is, it is. That is the, that is the definition of a tan. Very mm. Right. Anyway, enough of the uh, recent stuff. We did enough of that last time. Um, so, yeah, episode six, You Cannot Be Serious, uh, is a title for this week. Uh, theme is essentially we've, we've tasked each other to find just the most ridiculous records, numbers, stats, unbeatable, any form that we like um and so we'll go for those in a bit but to start with uh it's the return of the quiz which i don't think either of these two are ready for i am not ready for this quiz. at all are you gonna um, cheat again then reese so yeah i didn't cheat yeah, last time absolutely last time. did cheat last time no it, it, there is a verbal you have, you record of you cheating point no you have been doctor point so. what was it? i wrote down two answers but then circled the right one that i had and showed it to you on the camera Mm, Look, Joppy, Joppy, you're, we'll the, you're taking an absolute we'll pounding the in the yeah. quiz, and you're desperately, <laughs> I, I do, tragically I need to... trying to drag back. It's, I'm... it's a, it's a quiz between me and you and a podcast about twelve people listen to. Who, what, how is it? Why are you trying to drag me down? I'm going full Christian Horner here. I'm, getting, I'm, sc- I'm scrapping yeah. here. I need, I need to, to claw it back somehow. And jokes on you, Reese. Jupp got all five of them right last time, so it's actually. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, you got me. Actually. But uh, anyway, you didn't listen to getting it. into it. Uh, question one, so same format, it'll be multiple choice, you have to pick A, B, C, or D. Question one, 
Thomas Tuchel managed Chelsea for exactly 100 games before he was sacked. How many of them did he win? 40, 50, 60 or 70? Any choices? Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea replaced by, is it Graham Potter? Yeah, Graham Potter. <laughs> Formerly of Brighton. No relation to Harry. Harry, yeah. Sure it'll be. Uh, we'll question keep, two. We'll his magic. <laughs> question two. Hans Neiman, the 19-year-old Grandmaster who beat world champion Magnus Carlsen last weekend. That's chess. <laughs> is this the story? I think it is. Um, it is absolutely the story. <laughs> Says he will do what it takes to prove he is not a cheater. What is he willing to do to show he's not receiving help during games? No multiple choice. A, no multiple a. choice. Just cards on the table. No, no I'll give I'll give him multiple choice. A, play with his eyes closed. B, play naked. C, play on the moon. Or D, play on a boat in the middle of the ocean. I did write down naked because that was the first thing that came into my head. Well, we'll find out. Uh, question three. Why was the goalkeeper, Connor Maseko, sent off during the FA Cup tie between Blackfield and Langley and Shepton Mallet last weekend? A, he pulled down the referee's shorts. B, he kicked the ball into a nearby river after conceding. C, he grabbed the assistant referee's flag and snapped it in half over his knee. Or D, he urinated in a hedge during the game. That's goalkeeper Conor Maseko being sent off. Uh, question four. Francis TFO has reached the semi-finals of the US Open. Uh, who was the last player from the US to win a men's singles title at a slam? Who was the Ooh. last US Open? Who was the last US men's singles Grand Slam winner. A. Sampras, B. Agassi, C. Roddick, D. Isner. And then five. Barcelona have signed Kira Walsh from Man City for a world record fee in women's football. Yep. How much did they pay? Was it A. 150,000, B. 350,000, C. A million, or D, 3.5 million. Uh, what currency is this? That's all in sterling. Pound sterling. Juppie, how, uh, how are you feeling about this? Good. I've got at least one correct I'm fully certain on. And then there's a special question six this week. Oh, special question six. Uh, this isn't multiple choice. This is just, you have to put an answer. It's not going to be how what? far, how much further than me can you drive it? No. <laughs> uh, humans have not learned to measure that far yet, no. Um, no offence though. Yeah, no offense. The special question, yeah, objectively no offence. Uh, question six is, what is the best fruit? What is the best Fruit. So, sorry, are we like sponsored by some kind of fruit agency now? Is this how you? No, you that's, just... It's just that's just the question. Um, you <laughs> can put whatever you want down with. Uh, right. So, question one: Thomas Tuchel, uh, hundred games in charge before he got sacked. He managed to win. 
Anyone confident? Uh, I reckon it's 60. I went 50. No. It is 60. No. Get out. 60 wins, and he got still got sacked. Pretty brutal. Yeah. Show you my and a Champions League win, and several others. Um, yep. Question two. Hans Neiman, what did he say he'd uh, do to prove he's not cheating? Play naked. Play naked, yeah. Because... <laughs> Why, Reese? does he have to... Why, what? What could that possibly prove by him playing? Naked? Well, Matthew, I'm glad you asked. Uh, as a as a veteran of these sort of things, um, there are many ways you can cheat in in uh, in sporting competitions. Thinking all the way back to who was that guy on on, on uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Who had someone coughing in the crowd? His wife coughing, wasn't it? Poss- possibly not here to say who it was or wasn't. Um, I believe the accusation was that this this man may have have uh, secreted, no, have secreted uh, in a certain cavity a certain toy which could normally be used for pleasurable activity which may or may not have vibrated to tell him what to do. Yeah, I'm going to bleep this because Jeffy has to know what it actually is. But oh. He's been accused of using vibrating <laughs> to tell him what moves to make. <laughs> Class. That's brilliant. Uh, which is the best, yeah, so the best chess controversy I think there ever will be, I'm fairly confident to say. But yeah, Hans Neiman, um, if, uh, if anyone wants to do their own research into that story, <laughs> it's, a, it's an amusing one. Okay, we'll have to bleep that out. That's um, a real shame. Right, question three. Uh, goalkeeper Conor Maseko, what did he do to get his card? Red card. Urinated in the bush. He did urinate in a bush. He urinated in a bush. He, uh, the ball went out for a goal kick. Needed a needed a whiz, so he just snuck off into a hedge and relieved himself. Incredibly rude, isn't so, it? Yeah, straight red card. Back on back <clears throat> at the pitch where I started uh, playing hockey with Abingdon Men's shout out. Uh, there was a particular <laughs> corner of the pitch which just was very, very leafy. Very verdant. No comment. Just renowned. It had its uses, did it? Yeah, uh, man. This was the uh, this is the two thousands. Different world. <laughs> uh, right, Francis TFO semi finalist in the US Open before being beaten. Um, last American to win a slam. I went Roddick. I'm not particularly sure, but I don't actually know. I went with no, Sampras. I wasn't sure how many Roddicks actually won, but now I think I, was, I think he has won the US Open. It was Roddick. Wow. He won the US Open in 2003. There have been 74 Grand Slams now without a US winner. Which is feels very surprising given the population. But I suppose their their sort of best athletes tend to go elsewhere. To the NFL, for example. I actually won't be mentioning it at all this episode, just to really, really embarrass both of you. And the tweet, the the yeah. tweets advertising this can say NFL mentions Phil one, Jup one, Reese zero. Now that's a stat of the week. Something like that. I've written it for you. You're welcome. No, I just don't. I need, just need to. Us, yeah. Just need to not. Mention I can't it. believe the those Denver horses didn't call a mid-game pause against the. Uh... Seattle Seabirds. Let's keep this uh, keep this tight, shall we? Fifth question. <laughs> uh, 
Barcelona, what was uh, Kira Walsh's transfer fee? Surely the... Million euros. Yeah, surely the, the large one. 350k. No, it's 350 grand. Really? Oh, my word. Mad, right? Mad, the differences. It is crazy. World record fee. I mean, that's the... Their, their team is unreal. Yeah, that Barcelona team is Absolutely unreal. Um, how do we do? How do we do? Points, points on the board. A gentleman, all five race. Yeah, I can show you my phone screen if you'd like. He's just cheating again for I sure. Yeah, no, I believe you, uh, Jack. You're like a solid two, which I'll absolutely take. Nice. So I got, I got four when I did these earlier. I got the transfer fee wrong. I, I yeah, I literally came across that one. Must been yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I remember the numbers three and five, but I put three and a half million. Not so interesting. Oh, actually, no. Um, yeah, Gavin Gavin Jules show. That's the podcast I had it on. It's good. Nice. Um, and then the the bonus question, Reese. What is the best fruit? The best fruit. I'm glad you asked me. Is the melon? It's the orange melon. Wrong. Uh, I'm really sorry. That's not correct. Uh, Jup, what's what's the best? I believe fruit? it is a fig. That is correct. Fig is the best fruit. I would have also accepted golden raspberry. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, well done. And shout out to our uh, sponsors over in Ipswich for the uh, the what? fig and golden raspberry jam that was, that was provided to the uh, podcast hosts. Reese, don't go to Australia. You'll know what we're talking about next time. You'll just have to sit there bemused and not know what we're on about. Bemused. <clears throat> right, good. So the next time I have to choose between a two-week holiday down under and some fig and raspberry, um, fig and jet theme oh, wait, jam. Don't insult the jam. The jam was class. You'll I'm make, sure, no, you'll I'm sure the jam was good. Whoa, whoa. You made the correct decision and stayed whoa. for the jam. No one's insulting the jam. The jam is probably great. I'm just saying, if I had to pick between the two of them, same again, mate. You know nothing. It's yeah, the jam. That is true. So is Juppie yeah. legitimately getting a point for that farce? Of course. Uh, yes. I'm getting five points for it. And shout out, shout out Chris and Sarah for the jam. Yeah. Right. Uh, so into the podcast. It's absolutely proper. ridiculous. <laughs> okay, go on then, Reese. You can uh, vent whilst telling us your stats of the week. My stats of the week is the number 30. Happy birthday, Juppers. Oh, thanks very much, mate. That's it. That's my start of the week. I didn't actually have a start of the week this week. Terribly sorry, everyone. Fair enough. Um, but everyone at That's home, just been... think of your own stats of the week, and that is all of our stats of the week. <laughs> Christ. Jesus. Uh, right. Jup, who correctly has very recently uh, become one year older. I have. Happy returns. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll, I'll hide your real age. So I know it's a sensitive topic and you sometimes get insulted about it. Um, but yeah, what's your stats? Secretly a 45-year-old man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stats, yeah, stats the week. Um, so, as you probably know, the Queen passed away. Just What? Know, spoiler alerts, just in case you hadn't been paying attention to anything on any sort of form of news or social media. Um, so obviously... Um, I th so I thought this week, my Saturday week could be around the Queen and how successful or unsuccessful she has been in her sporting endeavours and most notably 
the horses that she's owned over the last, oh, I, I think it was uh, 35 years I have stats for, I'm assuming before then I didn't take detailed stats. So um, let's just let's have a bit of trivia, shall we? So um, in the last 35, 35 years, her horse has entered 3,441 races. Do you want just to... the one horse? Must be a bit tired. Just just one just one massive horse, yeah. <laughs> um, just, just the one just horse, one... actually. <laughs> uh, do you want to guess? Either you can, you can either choose a number of races or a percentage of how many of those races she won. Now, part of me wants to think it's like um, the Sasha Baron Cohen movie, The Dictator. Where he wins the hundred meters by just <laughs> shooting everyone else as he runs, <laughs> and like when if a horse that isn't the queen's got near the finish line and was winning, then just like a beef eater would come out of nowhere and shoot it. <laughs> smart. But um, I mean, horse you have a lot a lot of horses in the race. It's quite difficult to. I'm going to go twenty percent. Ooh, so one in five. It's still, it can still be, I think, impressive. That that's madness. I assume they're like thirty horses a race, so your average chance of winning is three percent ish, three point three, whatever. Um, but obviously, not all horses are created equal. Famously, I'm gonna, basically I'm going to go nearer like ten. So slap bang in the middle. It's sixteen and a half percent win race. She she won five hundred sixty-six races. Um, Knew her horses. Pretty good. That already uh, get a couple of extra quid in the old coffers. Ah, perfect timing. So, do you know how much prize money she's made from all of those wins? And maybe yet, do you get prize money for second and third? Probably do, right? So, yeah, I'd be, I'd be furious if I didn't. So, one in six races, which is she won about five hundred. Oh god, I haven't got a clue. If you put a cheeky tenner on that, let it ride. Compound interest. Um, I wouldn't even know where to begin with how much you get for winning a horse race. Well, I'll tell you what, shall I just uh, guess around the number and you can just guess one pound more or less? <laughs> that I, help? I don't know, I'm going to make this out. Um, found your races. Uh, you've already got the job. You don't uh, need to impress them with your numbers. <laughs> uh, 10 million quid. Okay. In prize money. Are you higher or lower, Reese? Uh <clears throat> Nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand <laughs> nine hundred ninety-nine pounds, please. I'm so glad you're back. I'm so glad you're back. Um, Eight point seven million. Um, not so not not bloody bad going. And in, well, I think it was 2021. She made five hundred eighty k alone in that year, which is absolutely enormous. Basically, we all need to start owning horses and uh, just just assume they win. Maybe oh. go like full James Bond film. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> And just uh, cheat. That's the one with Max Zorin. Yeah, he was. was um, who played Max Zorin? Christopher Walken. That's the one. Was playing Max Zorin. Um, good. Well, let's just all buy a horse then. Easy. Job done. Yeah. What's next? Um, oh, but you did mention the betting thing. So I did read a stat that if you were to bet a pound on every single one of her, every, every single one of her horses to come in, um, you'd be down about five hundred quid over the last thirty-five years. It's not too bad um, over 35 years, to be honest. But apparently, she didn't do any betting whatsoever, which I'm kind of disappointed about because I think it would have been hilarious to like see her absolutely 
blitzed off her face on gin, walk into the local bet- like betting shop, bookies, do a stupid Aki, <laughs> put like 30 races on for se- like 37 horses, and then see her shouting at the track. I think that'd be brilliant to have watched. And I think, yeah, I th- um, something we definitely missed out on is the British people. And she didn't quite put her, put her weight in that part. Um, but yeah. There are clips of her going mental at the races. Yeah. She was so into it. It was great. I mean, so into it. It was like a, it was a smile and a, a cra- I think she, did she clap her hands? Wow. It was definitely the thing that she was like most into from the limited, like the crown and other things I've watched. She was properly, properly mad about horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heading, down, heading down Ladbrokes on a Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the bookies, couple of quid on and then just uh, waiting for what? Barking and Daglam versus, and they Canada Water Urchins, one pound to win. Um, anyway, yeah, but that was just the week. The Queen's um, success in the horse racing. Nice. And may she rest in peace. Yeah, definitely. With the uh, yeah funeral on Monday. Yeah. Ninety ninety six was it? Indeed. Not a bad innings. Um, right. Uh, so mine. Uh, I spent too long. Mine. Spent too long researching online trying to make a. If we're going to pander to the Ipswich lot, I was going to make a, a solid joke about her putting an Aki on her horse to win, Spurs to beat Arsenal, and <laughs> Investec to win Private Bank of the Year Channel Islands. <laughs> Man, <laughs> in uh, <laughs> in January 2022, but it's too long, so <laughs> so I can't. Amazing. Can't do that. All right. Shame. My, uh, <laughs> my and the Ipswich lot have stopped listening. <laughs> Yeah, his name is Chris. Me. I, will, I would thank you. So um, much. Right. So mine was uh, there was a particularly impressive record broken uh, this week. Uh, I think it was two, two or three days ago in Northern Ireland with Christopher Atherton, um, and he became the youngest senior footballer in the UK. Made his debut for Glenavon in Northern Ireland in a cup game. Um, anyone know how old he was? How old do you think for the youngest senior debut? I'm assuming with Reese and I both read the article as well. Wasn't he just under 14, 13, and 300 days or something? First, yeah, 13 and something. Yeah. 13 years, 329 days to get Fuck. his senior That's debut. That's ridiculous. Which is well, it's basically amazing. 14, yeah. Basically 14 years. Because that makes all the difference in that race. Yeah. Just saying, just saying, should yeah. should be someone at thirteen. That is utterly um, ridiculous. At fourteen, that reminds me. A bit off topic. You said should have just said fourteen. The argument between two Arsenal fans about when they made a signing of like a twenty-six-year-old that he was twenty-six and two hundred days or something, and these two guys on Twitter had this like <laughs> row about whether or not he was twenty-six or twenty-seven, and it is so so good. Just the peak Twitter football ridiculousness. But yeah, anyway. In a way, uh, aren't so we all 26 Christopher. plus days? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what exactly. Um, but he, uh, it's very much got his uh, debut on merits. He got an assist with his first touch of the ball. Mm, low sample uh, size. Is, uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, but he doesn't quite get the record for the youngest senior ever. Uh, that is a record held by Suleiman Mamam, 
for Togo in a World Cup qualifier versus Zambia in 2001. Um, and how much younger do we think Suleiman Mamam was than Christopher? It can't be a lot, surely. There's going to be something like... Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. It'll be, it'll be less than less than a week. Something stupid. No, I'm going... It'll be bang on 13 years. Or somewhere near there. I'm going, going with that. It was 10 days younger. Ah, 10 days after. 10 days. What a moose. Just pets. And then the youngest Prem debut was Harvey Elliott for Liverpool. And that was 16 years, 30 days. So it's quite a gap there. Mm. But you may expect, obviously, Premier League. Slightly How higher level of unbelievably good have you got to be to get a debut in the Premier League at sixty? At sixteen, like the, I mean, the my physical development was. I mean, I've still not really got Long many peaks of you. Not, I'm still <laughs> still peaking. I've been constantly peaking for the last ten years. Um, no, but like you know, you do have to be incredible. I just like look back to think, what on earth was I doing at sixteen years old? And it definitely wasn't making my Premier League debut. I probably have to bleep again here, but I was just. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably have to bleep that yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows what you said as well even though it's bleeped now everyone knows what you said let's be honest you were there just just desperately drag flicking into the like the the top middle or the the, the, the middle left of the loop with a bit going, of a top top spin loop going oh, any day now come on matthew all the girls will love you if you can drag flick it into the corner yeah but yeah, 16 over. But I had a look at um, some other notable uh, kind of debuts and uh, youngest, etc. Um, and quite poignantly, we've got a new tennis men's world number one who also became the youngest men's world number one in tennis of Carlos Alcaraz, having won the US Open. Uh, so he's become world number one in 19 years, four months, which is the youngest ever. How do we think that compares? to the women's world number one. And who is it? Youngest ever women's world number one in tennis. Alcaraz was 19 and four months. Ooh, it did was Emma, probably... Did Emma Raducanu ever make you, world number one? No. You both know, know, and you both know who this is. So you it's the person, it's woman. not, it's not, wasn't Kim Kleisters or something? I reckon it was, uh, was it Hing? No, it wasn't Hing. It wasn't Ash Barty, was it? Nope. No, she was solid, but not unreal. Um, I it was definitely wasn't Sharapova, was it? She won Wimbledon really young, but then didn't make it to her number one for a bit later. I think it's one of the lady, the women's players who then like nailed it young and then like had a kid or something. Is it Nara Naratilova? I don't know how you say that name. Navratilova. Yeah. It is Martina Hingis at oh, sixteen really? years three months, which is ridiculous. To be world number one in tennis, sixteen years again. To be world number one as well, that is crazy. What were you doing when you were sixteen, um, Phil? <laughs> oh, you know, just drag flicking into an empty goal. Um, now, and then finally to round off my uh, start of the week, um, who do you think was the youngest ever gold medalist at an Olympic Games? Oh, it's gonna be some Russian gymnast, pumped full of drugs and wrong, wrong, and I don't know. Uh, our lawyers are advised us to say that not all Russian gymnasts are pumped full of drugs. <laughs> just, just the ones that won medals. <laughs> our lawyers have 
follow it up to say that not all Russian medalists, yeah. gymnasts, medalists have been pumped full of drugs. If anyone finds me to have fallen out of a window in the next two weeks, I didn't bloody have fall you seen that by a Russian. But you might have done that. Um, oh, God. The youngest got like seven. So it was Marjorie Gestring, the American three-meter springboard diver. And she won gold at 13 years, 268 days. To get an Olympic gold medal. What do you yeah. even do from that? What do you even do? What uh, is she doing now? That's the question. Oh, this was back in the 30s, I believe. Oh. It was quite some time ago. I mean, if I was to win an Olympic medal at 13, I'd probably look to secure a longer-term career in... Uh, tertiary education administration. That's probably the next. <laughs> the natural <laughs> step. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just do, live your dreams. Yeah. How old? Sorry. How old was the uh, um, was the diver? Thirteen years, two hundred and sixty-eight days. How does that compare to the the skateboarder? Sky. Um, I think she was about that age, but she didn't win gold, right? She or did she? Did yeah, because this was accurate as of twenty twenty two. I mean, it is twenty twenty two at the moment, listeners. Don't worry. Yeah. If unless you're listening, unless you've really gone back in the archives on your Sky iPhone twenty seven. Age of thirteen is yeah, like, three hundred thirty three days. Three hundred thirty days. Sorry, Slack yeah, She's older. Basically fourteen. Slacker. Basically 14. <laughs> Just fed up with this. Yeah. Some uh, some very impressive um, youngest and debuts there. It kind of, what, the thing that makes me sad is like when I can remember watching football uh, like as part of my men's hockey team when I was one of the younger ones and they'd be all mid-late 20s and they'd be watching footballers who are in sort of 23, 24 at the time, doing absolute ludicrous things on the football pitch, and go like, "Oh, God, that's so that's so long ago." Being, I can't believe there are people that age making their debuts, and me thinking, "Ah, oh, I'll never get to that stage." And now I'm looking back, and be like, "There are ten people, ten years younger than me, scoring hat tricks in the Premier League." I want to kill myself. I'm a failure. What have I done? Yeah, good I for think, nothing. I think we might have missed our opportunities for debuts in the Premier League. Yeah, and just like that, that I've lumped good. us all in as being the same age. <laughs> flawless well your flawless. your ages start with the same number now at least at least your ages start with the same number that just occurred to me about five seconds ago and it's crushing genuinely crushing i've got a while to go i've got a while to go Juppie, yeah. you don't want to be a, you don't want to be in your 20s anymore come on 20s are full of little young arrogant upstars like phil who just true yeah <laughs> who are just like i can take the ball farther than you <laughs> just too full of optimism Nice. Right, Reese. before you get on your soapbox anymore, you need to <laughs> <laughs> rescue right. your uh, your contributions to the episode with, uh, with your themed stats. You cannot be serious. I cannot be serious. So before I commence my stats, I'm just going to quickly explain. Uh, so in ice hockey, a uh, your total number of goals plus your total number of assists gives you a number of points. So one goal, two assists, three points. And worth also noting that in ice hockey, um, 
an assist can be either the pass that leads to the goal or the pass that leads to the pass that leads to the goal. So every, most goals will have I forgot how much you love that stat, the assist of the assist. Well, Phil, because, you know, when I was a younger man, I used to like, I used to take pleasure in scoring goals. And then I got a little bit older and I thought, you know what? It's all about the assists. And then I got a little bit older and also worse at things and was desperately flailing around for a way to measure my, my influence. So yeah, the, the, the ice hockey assist is the pass before the assist. What's the advantage of, of counting that as a, as a stat or measuring this? Uh, Surely it's not really an assist, is it? Well, I suppose in, you know, sometimes the assist can, the, the pass before the assist can be the one that kind of really opens up the play for that outcome. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's just like a, yeah, yeah but equally, equally, sometimes an assist can be me passing it to uh, you, you dribbling through three people and then hammering top corner past the goalkeeper. And, yeah. you know, equally, that isn't particularly a, a, an accurate reflection of my contribution to that play. Um, I think it just sort of seeks that, yeah, a bit of a, to take in sort of the wider actions around goal scoring in the same way that like key passes do now in football, where actually assists as a metric are slightly flawed in that you're relying on the finisher not being particularly wasteful. Whereas a key pass is actually, it, it, it's measuring the action you take rather than the action plus the outcome of a third party. Yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. Sorry, carry on. Uh, not to that. So it's a good question, actually. And it's good. Nice to have to sort of think about it and vocalize it. Um, yeah, so to summarize that, points is a goal plus assist, and assists can be that's sort of the wider definition here. But the stat, Wayne Gretzky, so widely acknowledged as sort of the greatest uh, ice hockey player, so I think, or maybe a Western perspective, NHL player, certainly of all time. Uh, Wayne Gretzky is the leading goal scorer in NHL history with 894 goals in, I think, his regular season play. If you were to completely remove from his record every single one of those 894 goals, he would still be the record point scorer in NHL history. That's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. So amazing. So his assists, so his assists and assist of the assist combined yeah. are higher than anyone else's goals plus assists plus assist of the assist. Exactly. So he has a total of. 2,857 points. So that's 894 goals, 1,480... Oh, sorry. That, so 894 goals, 1,963 game uh, assists. So that's, yeah, 2,857 points in total from 1,487 games. Um, and at this point, someone has written Reese Smells in our shared notes. So I, I appreciate that. I thought I'd leave it in, just so the world knows that one of you has, has torpedoed my preparation. Anyway, so back, go back to, so, uh, <laughs> to his accomplishments. So he, he won nine Hart trophies. So they've got some cool names for trophies in the NHL, uh, for awards, sorry. Nine Hart trophies for most valuable player. Five Lady Bing trophies, which is described as, well, this is the player who exhibits the best sportsmanship slash gentlemanly conduct along with high standards of playing ability. Interesting, uh, interesting merger mm. there. Uh, two playoffs MVPs, trophies, four Stanley Cups, which is the kind of the winner of, of, of it all. Um, his number 99 jersey, 
so American sports uh, have, uh, if anyone doesn't sort of particularly aware with them, they have this sort of certain reverence for for previous players. And if someone, you know, a legend of a particular team might have their jersey retired by um, by the team, in which case, say, they'll never give out that number again to any of the new players. Um, similar to, I think, Paolo Maldini at, um, at AC Milan, I think his number three was retired. I think it was it would only ever be given to his son, Daniel. He's, I think he's a striker. It doesn't really work. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so Gretzky's 99 jersey was retired by every single team in the NHL. Um, other little important facts. So in 1981-82, Wayne Gretzky became the first player to break 200 points in a season, which uh, I can't remember actually. I, I should have written down how many games this was at the time. I expect it was sort of 70 to 80. Uh, so first player to break 200 points in 81-82. He got 212. He then celebrated by doing it another three times in the next four years. Uh, <laughs> even though no one, yeah, obviously no one had done it before. And then the one year he didn't break 200 points, he got 196. So, you know, basically 200. <laughs> yeah, lazy. Um, and so, sorry, so his numbers in perspective, what like, do you know what kind of a good, what a good year would be in terms of a good solid year? In the same way, like, Premier League striker, what a solid year is twenty goals probably. What's like a, a solid points haul for an NHL player? Um, let's just have a look at the twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, just so I'm trying to put his like. So Connor 2000, David, how many was it overall? Two thousand eight hundred. Yeah, two thousand eight hundred. Uh, so, so from last year, the kind of the very best player in the league, a guy called Connor McDavid, uh, got one hundred and twenty three points in total, and so the top five. So the, the um, basically hundred points in the season, very good score. It's solid. So you need dumped. to play. You need twenty eight very solid seasons. Very That's solid seasons. Easy. Mm. To get crazy. anywhere near. Um, so just to give you another another idea of some things in context. Um, so he is the top goal scorer with eight hundred ninety four. Second is uh, I think Jordi Howe with eight hundred and one. So That's still fairly close, fairly close, I suppose. But Jordy Howe played three hundred more games than him. No, <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> yeah, one. I was going to say, seven. did like I was going to say, did Gretzky just have some stupid longevity? He yeah. So he played for twenty-one seasons, but not as many games. It, I think noted he was quite actually a small, quite a small guy. Um, he he came in quite young. I think he was about seventy-three kilograms, which is pretty pretty small for a hockey player. To go just get beaten up on ice. Yeah. Um, so basically, not only does he have the best, the, the most number of goals, he's got the highest number of goals per game. So every every uh, game, he's averaging 0.6 goals. Um, assists, he has 1,963, which is uh, significantly above, say, the, the fifth all top all time uh, point scorer, Ron Francis, 1,200. Um, but yeah, so Gretzky totaled 2,057 points. The second. Anyone want to guess how much the person in second, how many points the, the second most player has? 2,800. Because I can remember that <clears throat> this being discussed as like it previously on other stuff I've listened to, this being like, um, this will never be beaten kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I reckon, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone's even on 2,000. I'm going to go 1,950. Yeah, I was, I was going to go something like 1,500. Uh, so yeah, it's nineteen twenty-one. So Jesus, take away his goals. That is he's, such a gap. He's still got forty more points. Um, yeah. So 
6.6 goals per game, 1.32 assists per game. So basically every game, Gretzky's getting you two points, a goal and an assist. Uh, honestly ridiculous. So uh, and in particular, uh, in 20... In two, uh, ooh, what season was this? Sorry. I think it's the eight, I think it's the 81-82 season. He scores 92 goals. Uh, I've written 21-22 season because... Uh, I'm an idiot. In one particular season, he's got 92 goals. The nearest person to that was 86 back in 1991. And no player has scored more than 65 goals since 1995-96. Uh, so right. no one's really getting that near anymore. Um, his records include, just finally, uh, most goals of all time, 894. Most points of all time, 2857. Most points in the season, 215. Most assists of all time, most assists in a season, most hat-tricks in the regular season, most career playoff goals, most career playoff assists, and just a combo of fantasy sports, uh, one of the things I like. Um, you, yeah, you couldn't draft, you couldn't select Wayne, Gretz Wayne Gretzky as a player. You had to either select Wayne Gretzky's goals or Wayne Gretzky's assists. Wait, Absolutely mad. Oh, I feel like fantasy ice hockey, if you were. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. That's really impressive. That's cool. That's cool. He retired in '99 and was immediately inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's great. That that is properly crazy numbers. The gap in total points that is unbelievable. What's what's 1900 as opposed to 2857? Probably about, about two thirds. Well, yeah, three fifths maybe. Very bad quick maths. And uh, so points per game, he's at 1.92. The guy in second is at 1. Two nine. That's a, yeah, again, that's about two thirds ish. The guy in second, by the way, Yaramir Yager, the second highest points points total scorer in NHL history. Yeah, and like such a big gap, and these are all professional players in the professional era. I I, I don't I don't quite know how. I was trying to think of other other sort of comparisons for this, and obviously you know just to think of the the standout performer in football there have been a bunch of them over the years and obviously it's hard to hard to kind of compare through eras but there have been yeah, a number of dominant players there are very Rugby, few sports where you have yeah and an un, a truly undisputed goat where no one no one says no it's, it's someone else because in soccer you've got well Pele Maradona Ronaldo Messi in basketball it's LeBron or MJ like there's just there's but almost even then, no you've got like sport. Steph has brought something sort of different. Steph Curry yeah. has brought like a different aspect to it. There are basically no um, sports where just you cannot argue who the best player of all time has been. But this is one that is very, very clear. It's it's that combination of, of when you sort of talk about the 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 goats, right? It's the who's hit the highest levels of performance, and then who's been able to perform at their highest level for the longest amount of time. Which is why Tom Brady gets a lot of uh, sort of airtime in, in this kind of discussions where actually been brilliant since 2007, like a 12 year peak, 15 year peak. Yeah. Um, happened with Tiger, happened with Serena, and yeah, Gretzky was obviously unreal as well. Yeah, that is mad. And um, so was Michael Schumacher for Juppers and the other F1 fans <laughs> out there. It's not, it's, not, ah, it's not the same though, is it? It's not the no. same. Yeah. No, because it's the, you're probably the car, right? It's like the only other sporting position I could think of as maybe like a kicker in a rugby team where you're just racking up points and that's the only other comparison outside of like small 
side of games like basketball and, and the NHL. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so what? What? So why was he? How was he? Why was he so good? In like twenty seconds, why was he so good? Uh, there was a quote he said about he skates to where the puck is going to be rather than where it is. Read the game so well. Fair enough. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Thanks, Fabrice. Uh, Jup, do you want to go next? What's your uh, crazy, crazy start? Sure. Yeah. So um, I've got sort of a collection of crazy stats around one thing. Um, and that is the New Zealand rugby team, New Zealand rugby union team. Um, as you probably know, when you think of New Zealand, you think of mountains and hobbits, and then more often than not, <laughs> rugby follows that pretty quickly after. And uh, some some fairly average blokes as well. Hi, Kieran. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, if anyone roughly in the, the sporting world of rugby, you know that New Zealand have dominated over the last sort of 20 years. Um there's no way I looked at the stats, I didn't realize how much they had dominated. So um, the biggest, most notable one is that um, between 2002 and 2019, they had a win rate percentage of 84%, sort of more like 85% for all of their test matches. And that's outside of the World Cup, for example. Um, any international match playing New Zealand, New Zealand were 85% likely to win, which is outrageous. Um, for the same period, they spent 742 weeks at number one. Um, How many? Which, 742. <laughs> and, that, and that includes times when they'd lost, they didn't, they didn't win the 2003 World Cup or the 2007 World Cup, but some, had still recaptured it and remained number one like outside of those time periods as well, which is ridiculous. Is, haven't they been... Um, Talking about so you, just because you mentioned World Cups, right? Weren't they the bookies' favourite every World Cup there's been? Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm pretty sure they've been the betting yeah. the odds favourite, odds on favourite every single World Cup there's been. So, stats on the World Cup, I've got a couple here. Um, they haven't lost a group game, with the exception of one, which was in Japan three years ago. And that was because it was cancelled due to the weather, so it was recorded as a draw. They <laughs> They are still unbeaten, but they've included one draw in their in their group oh, group changes. Um, they yeah, they hold almost every single record in the, in the World Cup rugby. Um, most overall points, most tries um, scored, most runs with the ball, most points in one match, most overall tries in the entire tournament, uh, most tries in one match, most conversions, and also most tackles, um, which is really. Yeah, they just they just dominated everything. Um, you don't well. You'd almost it's almost surprising, right, that they've got most tackles given their dominance with in terms of point scoring. You'd assume they'd have the ball more than all the time. Yeah, Richie McCraw, Rich, Richie McGraw. Sorry, Richie McCraw. Yeah, uh, according to Neil Cadman, he's not listening. He's got better things to do. <laughs> uh, cheetah, a nasty cheater. Richie, uh, is it cheating if you don't get blown up for it and penalised? Because there is a big thing of the, the art of the game, particularly if you're a flanker in rugby, isn't there? And that's what McCall was brilliant at, of knowing when and how to essentially cheat, but without cheating. Yeah, I think for rugby, definitely there's some there's a huge amount of leeway in all of the rules because it's it's too difficult. It's like the scrum, to nobody knows what's happening in nobody there. You just blow your whistle yeah. and point. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, 
But yeah, so if anyone's out there who'd like to tell us what the scrum is, give us a call. <laughs> I used to be in the scrum as well. I still have no idea what's going on. Where did scrum, you play? Were you a hooker? I was tight head prop. I was technically the biggest lad in, in the scrum, uh, not height wise either. <laughs> um, that is an honestly just spectacular fact. And uh, so on, so, what was oh, so I looked at this? Uh, seven, was it seven hundred and forty weeks they spent at number one? Uh, yeah. So okay, so you two are both pretend Wales fans, right? Um, so. Pardon? Do you uh, know how long Wales spent at World Number One in that same period? As oh, well? it was like two weeks. We had it for like two weeks or something really depressing. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, Probably two oh. weeks, was it? Yeah. Because <laughs> I can remember messaging so many people when we became World Number One. I think I remember actually. Oh, uh, I could probably go and find it. Tell me when it was. I'm gonna go back and see if I can find those messages. Uh, but what I did break- actually. What I did do actually was quickly is had a quick look at. Um, I was like, "What else has what else has been at number one for for ages?" Mister Brightside. <laughs> do you want oh, to guess no. how how many more ta- how what multiple of time New Zealand spent at number one compared to Mister Brightside? I mean, this is uh, this is a the, it's in April twenty twenty one. I'm just going from the top one that I looked at. It became the longest running chart hit with a number of non-consecutive weeks. On the on the top one hundred, just when the did top one hundred. Not even, not just there on in in the charts. Not at number so one. Top one hundred. Oh god. Wait, so is it fifty weeks? Five it's never been number one hundred. Oh wow! It'll be every week, surely. For the last, yeah, since whenever it came out. Only five years in total. Because he reset non consecutive That means it must have dropped out at some point. Yeah, that's, get, that is I'm correct. Twelve years. Can we just go back to that? You think? Do you think Mr. Brightside was released in the late nineties, Juppie? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did it? laugh when he said nineteen ninety nine. When was it released? Like, like two thousand and eight or something, wasn't it? Yeah. No, like, that's two thousand and four. There. Okay. But Phil, so Phil is irritatingly close. It spent. Uh, it spent 260 non-consecutive oh, weeks. I'm on it. Five years guess. on the UK single chart, which means that that is an incredibly long amount of time. Yeah. And the New Zealand rugby team spent th- three times as long <laughs> at number one. Yeah. Not too yeah. bad. 1999 was, was a big year, just not for the killers. It's, uh, it's the year Reese passed his driving test, 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they said they'd never seen a 10-year-old like me. <laughs> Um, cool. So just to, um, finish up then quick bit of trivia. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the win percentage of 80, 85%. So if you'd like to guess which teams, um, Ooh. the Kiwis win percentage is below 70%. England only for certainly. test matches. Almost certainly okay. England. Um, not Australia. That Aussie, that Aussie team of the time was unreal, wasn't it? It was like green. No, because they've just come off the back of some crazy. Uh, Matt Gitter wasn't that good. Um, as professional rugby players go. If, if Matt Gitter's listening, don't come beat me up. Uh, I need to make it a, England a London and, South Division one. <laughs> England Hockey and South stand. Africa are my two guesses. Okay. The 
picked uh, two good guesses, but you Ooh, already used them, so I can't. Ireland, actually, potentially Ireland, but I'm going to say my original. I'm going to say Australia and Argentina. It's definitely Argentina. You should have been yeah. listening last week closely enough. You fool. You've embarrassed yourself there, Reese. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Cut that, <laughs> cut that out. Um, no, so there is one team on 69.54%, which is nice. Australia. Oh, crikey. And then 59% is South Africa. England are 78%. Wales, that budget rugby side, are 91%. Yeah. And then there's like nine teams that New Zealand have never lost against on the international rugby team, which is not really that surprising. That is impressive that they've got Shrewsbury Town. They're worse than 60%. (laughs) They are so good. They are so, so good over the course of history. Just... Mental. Well, I've got nothing else, nothing else to do over there. That's the problem. That's true. And obviously, a big shout out to the uh, the the New Zealand hockey side. Oh, as Kieran likes to address them, the the Blickstocks. <laughs> is he is he from New Zealand or from South Africa? <laughs> if it was nice well, he's obviously from New Zealand. If it was from South Africa, <laughs> it would be the. Uh, Good, good, well done. Yep, (laughs) we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Should we cut that as well? Cut that. Don't keep all this in. I'm going to keep all this rubbish in. Cut that. Um, Cut that. that. Nice. Was that? uh, Was that the (laughs) the the last of your All Blacks facts? Um, Where was the rubbish of rugby? Yes, that's (laughs) that's me finished. And you can't cut that out because it'd be weird in the running of the show. New Zealand are just disgustingly good. They are crazy, yeah. Absolutely maddening. And just the way they do it as well, like the style is just great to watch. It's not like this boring South African play of just be really big and strong and then boot it miles. The uh, sad news, did you see the the sad uh, Wales rugby news, by the way, today? Uh, someone as part of the commentator chat. Eddie Butler, yeah. Well, you see, he, he captained Wells and uh, was a commentator. You you definitely know his voice. He commentates all the uh, yeah. Wells games. Passed away, age sixty five. Really sad news. <clears throat> He's such a, such an iconic yeah. such an iconic voice. Like all the all the clips and highlights that are being played, it just you can't think of like watching Wells play and not hear his voice. It's really weird. Um, yeah, that's sad. Oh, sorry. Before we carry on, there are three things I forgot to mention Ooh. before we, I get more hate mail like I did last week. Um, what, just for it, abusing Welsh fans on the day that oh, one of their rugby icons has passed away? No, <laughs> no, this is uh, back to the Kiwis. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, not, there's no interesting stats about Welsh rugby unless it's you know, a losing streak and <laughs> average players and never making up for their potential. Anyway, so in 2013, they didn't lose a game. Uh, yeah, Jane, you didn't lose a game. Um, Only because of a retaken conversion kick against Ireland in like December. They were losing by like two points or something, one or two points, and they had a retaken conversion that meant they didn't lose the game. What was it retaken? Uh, Charger left early. Oh, so you, you're allowed for those who don't know rugby union. You're allowed to run. Um, 
run down the kick, but you can only start charging it down once the kicker starts their motion. Um, the kicker hadn't started their motion, and the Irish player started to charge the kick down, so it was allowed to be retaken. I mean, you you said that as if that puts an asterisk over the result, but that sounds no, like it, it makes it more dramatic. Like they were losing up until then. He took the kick, missed it, but because it was charged down early, he got to retake it, and that meant that kept their and it was the last calendar game of the calendar year, which meant they had their unbeaten year. So very dramatic. Yeah, um, that is that is crazy. Can you imagine if that didn't happen, they wouldn't have this stat. That stat. Uh, so but anyway, so Libby Carter. I've seen that that watched that video on YouTube so many times of him just like booting it sideways in yeah. of the wind, just carrying it through. Um, but yeah, so the other two longest win streak, eighteen matches, wow. and talk about Fortress Hobbiton or New Zealand. Um, <laughs> would you like to guess? The longest win streak at home in matches oh. or years. Let's give you a hint. 40 matches. Uh, I'm going to go, which would be astounding if it's as many as that. I'm going to say five years. So longest win streak at home was 47 matches between 2009 and 2017. They were good so Lord. good in that period. So Back-to-back good. World Cup squads were so freakishly good. Was that all one? Was that all sort of one side they were built around? Was that the McCall Carter era? Was that, yeah, that, 11, that Nick Evan... eleven and fifteen were pretty pretty standard. Very few players retur- retired after eleven, but then loads after fifteen. So they still another sort of decent two year winning streak with. Well, Kieran, Kieran Reed, Nick Evans. Oh, uh, was that Nick Evans? Would that have been what's his name? Bode and yeah, the Bode, Bode and the Barrett, trio. Barrett three. Um, they were on the yeah. fringes at that point. We we need to do an episode on sporting families, don't we? Oh, that could be good. We'll do that next. That could be quite good. Yeah, we'll do that next. Um, nice, thank you, Joe. But yeah, right. So my well, uh, my rubbish uh, rugby. <laughs> My theme stat for this cut, week cut, 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 cut. is on unlikely winners I went for. Um, you know, if you'd I had a look at basically uh, stumbled across this stat of if you read out this stat line and asked where they finished that season, not a person on the planet would guess that they won. Um, but they did. So it's the uh, it was the hotly contested 1998 Swedish top flight football league. Who um, can forget? Yeah, I and... just I just passed my driving test. <laughs> <laughs> and the winners were obviously Alsvenskan, the, uh, the Alsvenskan Giants, I believe they're known as. Um, and what makes them um, the win interesting? So it's a 26-match season, or at least it was in 1998. Um, so they played 26 matches. They won 11, drew 13, and lost only two. So fairly solid season, near, nearly unbeaten. Um, but they scored only 25 goals wow. in 26 <laughs> games, and they won the league. So Ow. less less. They won the league by two points over the Helsingborgs um, in second. The Helsingborgs. Helsingborgs IF, whatever that is. Oh, the Helsingborgs, um, the town. 
Yeah, so less than a goal a game. Uh, they only conceded 15. So obviously that went a big part into it. Just defensive powerhouse. Um, but, uh, How are you winning a league with 13 wins? Uh, 11 wins. 11 wins. 11 wins. 11 so wins. to put this into perspective, the 25, 25 goals they scored were the fewest in the league that year. They scored the fewest <laughs> goals fewest? in the league. Yeah. No. The two relegated teams scored 26 and 27. Um, yeah, they scored the fewest goals in the league and won it, which is just astronomically crazy. Um, they only conceded 15. Uh, not a single game um, did they score more than two. Um, and they only scored two uh, three times. Most games, uh, neither team. Uh, they only conceded two once. Um, and obviously most games were at most one goal for either team. So probably not the most exciting to um, But yeah, scoring the fewest goals in the league and winning, pretty ridiculous. Uh, so looking um, across the league and like just, just how ridiculous this is, so last year in the 21-22 Premier League season, um, would you like to guess how high you would have finished if you scored less than a goal a game? So how high did the highest team finish that scored fewer than 36 goals? You've been very close to very close I mean, to being relegated, right? Like 19. Yeah, you have yeah, yeah, it'd be 19. If not relegated. Because uh, the point is the bottom teams are so hard to yeah, defend. I'm gonna go six seventeenth. I'm sticking with nineteen. It was eighteenth. All three yeah. the only teams to score fewer than a goal a game were all three teams that got relegated. Um Wolves scored exactly a goal a game and finished I think twelfth, something like that, mid table, but for less than a goal a game, you're rather it was uh yeah, relegation. Um the that is average something. average Premier League winning side, so from ninety one was the first year. Um how many what's the average goals per game for the winning team in the Prem? So these guys won with less than a goal a game. What do you think yep. in the average goals per game for the Premier League champions in the thirty odd years it's been going? Uh, oh, it's only the last couple of years it's sort of really shot up, isn't it? I reckon it'll be something like 1.8, yeah. 1.7. I was gonna think, I was thinking the same. It's just over two a game, oh, really? In the Prem, you're right, it has shot up recently. Um, with like City scoring what 105 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, just over two a game has been the average for all champions in the Prem. Um, the lowest was Manchester United in 1992-93. They managed to win the Premier League, scoring only 67 goals. But that was still just over one and a half goals a game. Um, yeah, so just put into perspective, how can you yeah. win a league scoring less than a goal a game and then scoring the fewest goals in the league? Just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. But yeah, shout out. Wolves for skin. Um, yeah, and then the only other one that kind of leapt to mind, there were, well, there were two that leapt to mind, sort of Mourinho's Chelsea that were just crazily good defensively, but they still scored plenty goals. And then the other one was um, Spain in the 2010 World Cup. Oh, yeah. So yeah. there's seven games 
in a World Cup if you play all of them and get to the final. How many goals do you think they scored in the 2010 World Cup? Bearing in mind, this is widely kind of touted as one of the greatest teams ever, the 2010 Spanish World Cup team. Uh, is this in normal time or total? Like non- uh, None of their games went to extra time. None of them. Oh, okay, so I reckon in the, I, I reckon in the I don't group think. stages, it was something like 1-1, one, 0-0. One, nil, nil. I think they won their last game or something to go through. So like two in the group stages, then it'd be like five or something in total, maybe six. So it was eight in their seven games. They scored four in their three group games and then they won the quarterfinal 1-0, the semifinal 1-0 and the final 1-0. That just, is sorry, that's crazy. Last 16, all four knockout games, they won 1-0. Yeah. Um, in 2010. Yeah, it just... Again, ridiculously impressive how, how... So I think they conceded one all-tournament. Wow, I couldn't get the ball off them. Yeah, true. Yeah. So made me think of them a little bit, but the fact that Alsvenskin managed to uh, win the league by scoring the fewest goals, that is, I don't think you will see anything close to that ever in uh, modern no. football. No, not at all. I just think... off, Yeah. It's almost like I don't, I don't, the only thing I think of cross sports as well as NFL. The two thousand Ravens won the Super Bowl, and they were Legion of Boom. Like a, was that Legion of Boom? No, and I've also realised I should mention the NFL, which yeah, which yeah. <laughs> God, a pound in the jar, a pound in the pound jar, in the jar. Uh, no, mate, that was the Seahawks. Um, oh, yeah. ran, randomly, so I, I I was looking through old Premier League tables because um, oh, that 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 reminded me of that Chelsea team who conceded I think it was what, seventeen goals in the season, and the best place I don't know if this this is slightly over one goal a game, but Fulham in two thousand and nine finished seventh, scoring thirty nine goals in thirty eight games, so uh, a plus minus of uh, five as they conceded thirty four. Ah. Uh, I have these stats actually. What is the highest finishing negative goal difference team and the lowest finishing positive goal difference team in Premier League history? Ooh. I can't remember the team for one of them. I can remember the places. Uh, highest, highest, highest finishing negative scoring team, I think is like Crystal Palace or something. It might be like eighth or, or ninth. I don't really know. I'm just guessing. And then let's let's say let's say eighth and fourteenth. So it was. Uh, I'm actually going to pull this up just because I want to get this right because it is blew my mind how high and low these teams managed to finish. Um, the highest Fair finishing. Yeah, I make sure I get it right. Um, Absolutely. So... We can fill fill while you're looking up. <laughs> No, so the best finish for the uh, best finish with a negative goal difference was Norwich in 92-93. It's that season that United scored barely any goals. They finished third with minus four goal difference. What? Which is crazy. Mental. Um, and the lowest finish with a positive goal difference was Man City in 03-04 with plus one at 16th. Wow, oh, Mickey, that is 
That is so they almost got relegated with a positive goal difference. Bearing in mind, when you get relegated, you normally have like minus 30, minus 40 goal difference. They were two spots from relegation with positive goal difference. That is something And else. Norwich were Champions League qualification, effectively, with minus four. Off you go, lads. Do us, do us proud. <laughs> yeah. Not show, uh, those, show those mainland Europeans what's going on. Yeah, so... Pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Those stats. Pretty crazy. Yeah, winning the league with the fewest goals scored. That's something we'll never, ever see in the Premier League, I don't think. Interestingly enough, uh, that's actually... Uh, there. Uh, I have a, 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 an intimate working knowledge of the Swedish Allsvenskan, thanks to a, 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 like a flash game called Play For Your Club. Back at, back at school, where for, uh, for it's one of those things where like you could play as a certain team and all the points you scored went towards that team's total. And I think randomly my year picked uh, BK Hacken to to sort of rep and took them from the sort of mid table to BK Hacken somehow, got like, relegated in 1998 in the year Al They scored 27 goals though, so two more than Al well, tell you what, they're huge on uh, on play for your club, and particularly in that sort of o o six to o eight period. You're still playing computer they, games uh, when you're twenty. <laughs> of thirty, actually. <laughs> Ours was jumpers for goalposts. That was my uh, my year's soccer game. Jump, you wanna? Don't you think? Don't you think we had one, or I wasn't in the crowd that would play the football games. Uh, Unfortunately, I was window into too cool for that. <laughs> I was uh, doing oh, God knows what I was doing. Tibby's being loose on fire. Just, uh... Yeah, King, Kings of Leon, that album where everything sounded the same. <laughs> nice, good, uh, good stand, guys. I think they are three records that were never beaten: the All Blacks number one, fewest mm-hmm. goals scored and winning the league, and Wayne Gretzky just doing absolute bits on the ice. Yep, lock it in. We've said it now. It will never happen. Yeah, unbeatable. We uh, what's what's the next one going to be? I, I like uh, the the family idea, Reese. Let's we'll do that. Are Anyone? there enough families to do it? Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely. Must be. But um, I won't do one American sport based, honestly. <laughs> but bear in mind that we also were talking about doing Goat Week at some point, so try not to limit the crossover. Let, let, Let's ban sort of like Williams sisters. Yeah, that's too mainstream. Too mainstream. Yeah. Niche. Niche sporting families. <laughs> Why do those Manning brothers that like to throw the old pigskin? The Indianapolis horseshoes and Denver wild stallions. Just something like that. Get annoyed, race guard. <laughs> no, mate. Well rested from my time over with the Aussies. They're a very... Relaxed people. So and bad That's a, Yeah, not a great accent. Spectacular accent as well. Yeah, enjoyed that, lads. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for sharing. Um, Jup, you are sliding further and further behind in the uh, quiz quiz pointing. I know. How many did you get this week? week? How many did you get this week? Three. So it's now nine. Five? You, I thought it was two earlier on, Jup. Oh, you got uh, the plus, the bonus, plus the bonus. Plus the bonus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's 9 5 now. To, uh, I mean, you, you ditched us. 
to play golf in the rain and didn't come to Suffolk with us. So it's on you, mate. Yeah. Just to the uh, to the Hills family, if you do plan on making a uh, a melon and blackberry jam, I am available to taste it. <laughs> the golden raspberry is best. Yeah, that's true. All right. See you. Uh, see you in the next one, lads. Maybe. Am I going to hold it again? We, we wouldn't miss you. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.